Welcome to the Bread and Circuses Podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns, and enjoy this shit show. Bread and Circuses Podcast, Episode 4. This is Rooster. I'm here with Crow. Aloha, snack bar! <laughs> and, uh, well, you know, normally I have some stuff to say at the beginning, but Crow's a little fired up today, so I'm just going to let you let her eat. Let's go. Let's hear it. All right. Well, I just think I wanted to start out with uh, the... News that we've been hearing about uh, um, the Muslim rape grooming gangs in Europe. Now, I don't know if everybody's been hearing about this. What I hear about it, I hear from you. So, enlighten us all. So, um, a couple years ago in Rotherham, is what they call it? Rotterdam, I think. Is it? Okay. Because it's R-O-T-H-E-R-H-A-M. Yeah, I think it's Rotterdam. How they they pronounce it. But... uh, here, I'll look it up real quick. There, um, there was a problem over it. So they have all these um, Muslim um, immigrants coming into the UK. Um, you know, it's a lot. And, uh, and uh, Merkel, or not Merkel. Um, um, May. Theresa May. May. Theresa May um, is supportive of, of bringing a bunch of uh, more more so-called uh, migrants or, or uh, refugees, they used to call them, but they're actually just economic migrants. And they, they say they call them refugees because it sounds better. You know, people, oh, these poor people, these poor women and children, the families coming in, we need to help them out. But when you look at who's being brought in, it's young fighting age men, but for the most part. And they're not coming to escape war or whatever. They're coming because they want, they want goodies. They want the, to land of, of, of milk and honey, they think. So they're coming to, and then what happens is they end up going over there and, you know, living, um, um, seg, you know, kind of walled off and they create their own little communities that aren't really integrating into the society and they're not getting jobs. So they're, they're actually, you know, not contributing at all to society, but that's the whole, um, um, the, the word out there, the, the, what the government puts out there for everybody is like, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, um, a vibrant community of, of people coming in to replace people. Cause we're not, we're not, um, keeping up with the demand for for um, labor for labor so we need to bring in laborers and what what better way than to help people that are from struggling um, countries um, and bring them in and, and, and have, well it's not working it's not that's not what ha- what's happening so they're coming in they're they're creating like in Sweden like these no-go zones where where they're just their own communities where they're practicing Sharia law they're not even using the the um, the government's um, you know legislative um, a branch or whatever to, to to deal with their own problems. They're 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 insular. So the police are creating the no 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 the like the community quote unquote. Okay. So um, what they do is instead of having the you know the government uh, deal with crime or, or or whatever, they say we'll we'll deal with it ourselves. You know under Sharia. So they you know and so when anything happens and the police show up it's you know they're like well why are you harassing us we got our we'll we'll deal with this and they basically drive the police over police like we don't want to go there so and that's happening in sweden and france 
we're in France. And then I think the UK is starting to get a little taste of that too. So this is just your right wing propaganda. It is. Oh, it's, it's so right wing. So, uh, Rotherham child sexual exploitation scandal. That's what happened. Um, it was the biggest child protection scandal in, in the U, uh, UK history. Uh, from the late 1980s to the 2010s, organized child sex abuse continued almost unchallenged by legal authorities. This is from the just Wikipedia. Okay. Um, so, northern English town of Rotterdam. I think it's, like I said, I think it's Rotterdam, but sure. I could be wrong. South Yorkshire. It was uh, first documented in the early 1990s. But uh, what happened was um, it's, it went on for so long and thousands of, of young girls from age from 12 to 16 um, were basically groomed for, for sexual slavery by these you know, um, Muslim gangs. And the reason that they went on for so long um, and, and um, was so blatant was that people were afraid to report it because they were afraid of being called racist because they were pointing out that, well, it was Muslims, even though Islam's not a race. They, right now at this point, it, it doesn't matter if, if you say Islam's not a race. They consider if you say anything negative about Islam, you're being racist because brown people, they're all Muslims, they're brown. <laughs> so. Well, and just, I mean, that's, everybody does that, but the left, that's, that's their particular tool is to reduce everything to a label. Well, and regardless, if you start out your when you start talking or criticizing any element in Islam or Muslims that are um, acting poorly, um, and you know, even if you start out with well, not all Muslims, it, it doesn't matter. It's it's there. The next time somebody brings up the fact that you challenged um, um, is Islam or, or something a, a Muslim did, that you're you're you know, bringing every Muslim into it. Doesn't matter what you how you how you parse your words so i don't even i don't even do the hashtag not all muslims when i start talking about it anymore because it doesn't matter you know? so this is the part where i tell you i'm disavowing what you said yes yes so um <laughs> it'd be like uh it's like uh this not hashtag not all muslims well, why not hashtag not all nazis <laughs> oh my god well you know not every nazi had to be a, a full-fledged bad guy didn't they? maybe they just joined because they had to they're afraid their family's going to get um um they just went along to get. They along. just went along to like a lot of Muslims. They're just good. they're not they're not part of the terrorism. They're not blowing shit up. They don't believe in that. So not all Muslims. Hashtag not all Nazis. Well, <laughs> disavow. Go ahead. No, I'm just when you do that, I mean, you can take any any room for an intelligent argument out of it. I get what you're doing. I think you're just trying to be silly, but I hope you're trying to be silly. But um, you know, the part that I have a problem with is. You know, you can take any community that came to the U.S., whether it's Germans, Swedes, whatever, um, and they were fairly insular. They spoke their language and lived in their towns and everything. The difference was they wanted to assimilate in the sense that they said, well, what are the rules here? And it seems to me, not having any experience with this other than what I read, in Europe, what's happening with the Muslim immigrants is exactly the opposite. They want to come there and have the benefit of where they are, but they want to live by their own rules. They want to bring the culture that they had with them uh, from places that are falling apart and bring it to these uh, to these successful European countries, which in many cases are very homogenous. I mean, Norway, Sweden, there's not a whole lot of ethnic diversity there. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, yeah. But in... You know, the the thing I see is a lot of the people there just seem to be 
rolling over for this because they just don't want to be called. I don't want to be called racist. It, it's it's a uh, it's a weird thing. Germany's really bad with this because of and Angela Merkel's admitted that. Yeah, she came right out and said maybe we shouldn't have let that many people in. Yeah, and, and they have this this pathological fear of being called racist. I mean, it's it's it's, it's uh, just a word. I mean, it's really. I mean, but the if you talk to people that are you know that have visited those countries or from the countries that see it, they go, it really is like a like an actual mental disorder. That, that they're so petrified of being called or being considered racist that, that they'll bend over backwards like this. Uh, Rotterdam is a perfect example. Um, they, there was people that knew what was happening and they were really were afraid to come forward because they didn't want to be labeled as racist. So, um, Well, look at the San Bernardino thing. I mean, the people just, the neighbors flat out admitted. They said, yeah. we thought there was weird stuff going on, but we didn't want to say anything yeah. because we thought someone would call us racist. Well, I'm bringing up Rotterdam because, and that happened, well, that was such a long time ago. Well, um, uh, there was a trial in uh, 2012, and then in 2014, there was an independent inquiry um, that was commissioned um, um, that, it was called the J Report, and it concluded that an estimated 1,400 children, most of them white girls, had been sexually abused in Rotterdam between 1997-2013 by pre- predominantly British Pakistani men. Um, and that was the reason that it happened for so long, because they were they were Pakistanis. So it wasn't that they were just specifically that they were Muslim, it was that they were, they were brown men. <laughs> you know, so if, you know, not that there is white Muslims, you know, they're so, so if it were a gang of ginger-haired, you know, white men doing it, it, it might have been easier for people to go, well, you know, this is what's happening, and, and actually go ahead and prosecute, regardless of whether or not they were Muslim. If they'd have been, but the, but the, the conflagration or the putting together, um, that wasn't the word I wanted, but putting together of Islam with non-whites, which it was just like they, they couldn't handle their shit. They couldn't talk about that. So, but that, that's what happened a while ago. And now it just got reported that it happened again. So, um, this is the... Reported by who? Uh, this one I got from the Mirror UK. And also, this is also on Wikipedia. I'll just go right to the Wikipedia account. But this is Telford. So, the Telford Child Sex Abuse Ring uh, consisted of a group of British Asian men grooming local children for sex between 2007 and 2009 in Telford, the English country, in the English county of Shropshire. So um, up to 100 girls were believed to have been affected, and around 200 perpetrators were suspected. 200. And they say British Asian men. That's not Chinese men. It's not. It, 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 so there should be a distinction. When it's they not say, Indians. When they say Asian, it's it's Middle Eastern. But it's like it's code that the politically correct in, in Britain use when they talk about Muslims that are of like Pakistani descent or Middle Eastern descent. They never say, well, Pakistani descent or or you look like he was from the Middle They say Asian men, which is just odd to me, but that's what they do. Um, so, yeah, 200 perpetrators suspected. And uh, so as of 2015, Telford had the highest rate of sex cramps against children of any city in the United Kingdom with a population of under 170,000 people. So, uh, in a series of trials stretching over two years and concluding in 2013, seven men were convicted of sexual offenses against four girls ages 13 to 16. The offenses included rape, child prostitution, um, trafficking, and all that kind of stuff. Um, 2018, which is why we're hearing about the investigations by the Daily Mirror, revealed that the extent of the Telford grooming gang 
was far more vast than had previously been revealed with up to a thousand girls, most of them white, being victims, again, of trafficking, drugging, beatings, rape, and even murder, I guess, is, is part of this one now. Um, so uh, it's similar to the other uh, grooming gang cases, um, is the failure to keep um, the details of who's committing these crimes for fear of being seen as racist is what makes these kind of perpetuate and happen for so long and get away with it for so long before anybody finally goes, whoa, and there's some sort of response. Now, help me out with the with the grooming term because the only time I've ever heard that is when they talk about, like, pedophiles. Like It's it's essentially the same thing. So what they're doing sort is... Sort of picking out... Yeah, it's not, just, it's not just not, you know, coming up to a, a kids on the playground or kids from walking home from school and, you know chloroforming them and throwing them into your bus and, and, and chaining them up. It's, it's a, it's a, which is how you usually meet women. Uh, no, and no, it's <laughs> about, um, so what it is, is they, they kind of, um, ingratiate themselves to the girls, yeah. to some of them that are, you know, that are, have fractured home lives or whatever. They'll, they'll do the things that pedophile do to groom. They'll, they'll kind of, you know, it's, it, insert themselves into their lives and, you know, give them things that they're not getting, um, give them drugs, and then, give them alcohol, you know. And then, like, transition them into watching porn with attention, them and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and, and attention and, and, and <clears throat> saying nice things to them and, you know, buying them things. And the next thing you know, they've got them working for them as sex slaves. Gotcha. Um, or just or just sexually assaulting them. So, yeah, so this has been going on since the 90s, I guess, and says many, this is the Wikipedia article again, says many of the social workers and victims involved uh, testified that the police and local council were unwilling, unhelpful, and sometimes intentionally obstructive of their efforts to report and arrest the perpetrators in which council staff viewed abuse and trafficked children as prostitutes instead of victims. Uh, police failed to investigate uh, one recent case five times until an MP intervened. Um, the victim victim dropped out of pursuing an investigation against her abusers because, quote, she didn't feel uh, she was being emotionally supported, unquote, by the police. Um, and that officers uh, discouraged her from pursuing a request for evidence after she told them she, um, she was speaking to a, um, a newspaper. So, I mean, this stuff's going on like crazy over there, and, and people are so terrified of being uh, called racist that they're allowing their daughters to be... Um, abused and assaulted and, and even murdered there's um that this uh, wikipedia article is the the least of it basically there's there's um um the reports of the murder and everything too so well and you know you're always gonna have people who say well geez what's your source on this and uh you know wikipedia is not reliable and well, this, even this this website, this mirror, I think it's like a it's like a tabloid. And British tabloids are yeah. different than American tabloids. Tabloids because they actually a lot of them actually do report actual news. They don't make up stories whole cloth. But um, this mirror article says their their headline is Britain's quote worst ever unquote child grooming scandal exposed. Hundreds of young girls raped, beaten, sold for sex, and some even killed. So special Sunday mirror investigation, uh, and this was. Um, uh, updated on March 12th this year. So this is you know, just recent. Um, authorities failed to act over 40 years despite repeated warning to social workers with up to 1,000 girls, some as young as 11, abused in Telford. Well, my point in all this is, is people are going to say, look, you're coming at this with a bias, which 
I you am. are. Oh, yeah. And you're, you're getting it from sources that, you know, uh, confirm that bias, which you may be. I don't know if you're not or if you are, but I guess I just not knowing a lot about this, I would tell people before you start doing the, oh, Crow's racist, I would just say, look into this stuff yourself. You know, I mean, people just want to live in this little bubble where they don't investigate any of these things. You know, I got to be honest, some of it when it comes to like the stuff in Sweden you were talking about with like the the culture being taken over. Um, I mean, part of me is like, I should care. And another part of me is like, I don't because it's Sweden and that's their problem. And Yeah, but what, I mean, do you have any, do you have any heritage from Sweden? I, I mean. Maybe. If maybe. you did like a 23andMe uh, gene match, you'd probably find out that you Yeah, have... I mean, look, I've got Scandinavian, I've got German, I've got Irish. Even my dad took a test and found out he's like 5% from Luxembourg. Yeah. I don't care. So, but you don't have any kind of, you, you don't want to go to your ancestral home someday and kind of like visit and go, oh, this is kind of where my heritage is from and kind of experience that. And kind of, I, I do. And uh, to well, go there and, and not recognize it as anything that that relates to your own heritage would be kind I, of I went to Ireland. I went to Ireland for a month in college and I really liked it. And it was, it was great. I studied over there for a month and, uh, you know, I, my mom's dad was very Irish and, uh, but, and he was really proud of it and they had some Irish traditions, but not a lot. We have almost none that have been handed down. It was very cool to see it. And I would hate to think that it would be changed somehow, but do I feel like, uh, ancestral tie to it not really no. and so i what i'm saying is i feel bad in the sense that if there is a culture there that people are proud of and i'm sure there is that the government is allowing to be sort of destroyed i don't know if that's true i'm just saying if uh, it, in reading some of the stuff it it sounds like it is true but for me personally i, I just can't care that much now if it happens here i'm going to care a lot more because well, but you're, I mean, okay, you're not probably being a hypocrite because at least you're, you're not, um, fuming about, uh, you know, uh, the Chinese uh, destroying Tibetan culture, you know, that kind of stuff where you've got the liberals and, and, uh, and progressives, they, you know, years ago, that was the deal where they yeah. were, you know, free Tibet because China was basically working on basically, uh, culturally exterminating, exterminating the, the whole you know, Tibetan society basically and replacing it with mainland Chinese is what they were doing. Was it, does the Dalai Lama even get to go back to Tibet now? I don't think isn't so. Isn't he like yeah, a, I, don't, I still think Isn't he not. like a political fugitive or I, something? I think he's, I, don't quote me on this, but I think yeah. he still is. But people were up in arms with that because, well, how dare they? You know, they're, they're replacing a whole culture. There's, there's a, there's a history in the land. These people are tied to this land. It's their history and their culture. And, and it'd be the same from any other, um, um, area that they see well even in america it happens when you have um cities that are being um revitalized and they and they have a, um let's say it was a black community or hispanic community and it was closed businesses and, and all of a sudden um there's an investment of money and white people start moving in with money and start and they call that uh what's the term for that um uh it, it, there's a i don't know but it's got to be derogatory yeah, it's it's called. Um, no, you know the term. That's on the top of my. It makes me mad that I don't. I can't think of this. Um, when when you replace when you place the uh, whitewashing. No, I'll think of it later. But it's a it's a term and it gets used. You know, it's something. When I said you'd be like, oh yeah, that's what it is. Um, 
so, but you see like mayors of, uh, when New Orleans was flooded and the mayor um, said, well, we're going to oh, yeah. rebuild, but we're not going to. We're a chocolate city. Yeah, we're going to rebuild and we're going to keep this a chocolate city. I mean, that was him saying, no. Yeah, and then letting... later he came out and goes, no, I mean milk chocolate. You have your dark chocolate yeah. and your milk and you mix them together. But my point is that they're they're kind of pointing out that the kind of the history and the, and the ethnic makeup of that area is important to them. Right? That's yeah, what they're saying. Absolutely. They're saying they don't want it to change significantly. Even if it brings more money in, lowers crime, it doesn't matter because you've replaced the quote unquote vibrant culture that was there. Yeah. And and that that when they when people on the left are progressives say, Well, yeah, that is terrible that you that you'd come in and you you know, you come in with your money and, and, and basically displace and tell them, you yeah, know, this isn't you know, this is our place now and we're gonna we're gonna change it so that it so that it reflects our um, our ethnicity and our culture and you know too bad for you and they get all upset about that but they don't get upset when you see it happening to a predominantly white culture because they consider the predominantly white culture at this point to be um, evil the evil overlords yeah you know and that comes down it comes down to something called cultural Marxism and if you haven't heard that phrase I'll probably be saying it a lot <laughs> yeah in this podcast but what it is is uh, it's it was originally an insult made by commies against commies who weren't commie enough. So, and what it has turned into is the left will say, well, cultural Marxism is just, it's like a dog whistle phrase. It's, it's old right Nazis say that about progressives because they're racist and they, and, uh, and they're just, um, you know, dog whistling that, uh, that these, you know, progressives are trying to just destroy the white culture. And so, you know, um, it's a it's a superiority thing, but it's not what it is. Is Andrew Breitbart described it um, before he died, and he was I think he was a great man. <laughs> um, um, but it's a bunch of guys. He's a white devil. Yeah, um, he's got a small video where he describes it, but it comes down to there was something called the Frankfurt School. It was a think tank in, um, in Germany of social scientists after World War II, and um, they ended up coming over, a lot of them brought their, their, their ideology and political um, out, you know, mindset over to America. They immigrated to America after World War II. And so they brought, it was an ideology of political correctness and multiculturalism. They brought that here. And um, it's basically, cultural Marxism is anti-capitalism, anti-tradition, anti-religion, anti-liberty, individuality, anti-nuclear family, um, pro-communist, pro-socialist. And it's kind of a method of control. I mean, it's it's basically take away everybody's individuality and have the central government kind of controlling everything to keep to keep control. And it's it's what's going on right now. I think with a lot of the colleges and the professors that are getting they're actually getting called out for it. This spreading this. So it's like this communist utopia ideal, and they think it. They think they think it'll work, and they they think it's going to keep the populace populace under control. Well, you know, the flaw in communism is it all sounds great. What's the I can't I can't remember the phrase now. It's like each according to their need, you know, what oh, of from each no, from each according to his ability to each yeah. according to his needs, so it is. Yeah. It sounds great. But the problem is as long as nobody else wants to have anything better than anybody else, as long as nobody wants to have more, um, then then you you can communism can work. But it can't work. Because everybody is always trying to outdo everybody else. Not not everybody. But most people aren't satisfied with the status quo in their lives. They want 
more. They want to achieve more. They want to have more. They want to, you know, if you say to people, would you like take 100% of the population in the United States and ask them, those who can understand the question, uh, would you like to work less and have more? And every one of them is going to say yes. I mean, as in everyone being north of 90%. Yeah. And so communism can't work. And the thing that, I mean, look, if I've got a religion, it's capitalism. And the thing that gets my back up about it is when people say anti-capitalism. Look, capitalism has lifted more people out of poverty than any system ever in the entire world. Socialism is evil. And I know people are going to freak out when I say that. But the reason it's evil is socialism puts you at a level and says we'll do everything we can to make you stay here. And we'll treat you like this is a good thing. You have enough to be sort of content. And that's good. No one else needs to be more than that. And it really it really punishes people who want to do more and be more. It really impedes your liberty. And it doesn't, it doesn't have any upward mobility. And you can say all you want about capitalism and chasing the money and how that makes people bad people. People are bad. I mean, look, in our whole history, when have we been good? You know, I mean, I read some stats. There's like been like 300 years of peace in the last 3,000. You know, that was well before capitalism. We we have a nasty habit of butchering each other. That's just who we are. People wanna people wanna think we're we're these great enlightened beings. We don't have anything in our history that shows that we are. But capitalism at least allows people who have something to trade, even if it's just your labor to get out of poverty. That doesn't happen anywhere else. Yeah. Well, yeah. even even Lenin, I think, on his deathbed, um, basically admitted that uh, capitalism was the only way for people to live with each other. Yeah, I, I don't know if he did that or not, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. So. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's... This whole idea that, uh, you know, just being white is evil, is just, I can't stand it. You know, I mean... I never understood when Thomas Sowell is making this point about we're the only country that ever fought a war over slavery. And I, I thought, that doesn't sound good. You know, that that sounds like we were trying hard to keep it. And there was part of the country that was, obviously. But um, who are the people? The abolitionists then were mostly affluent white people or Christian white people who really were pushing the anti-slavery thing. Who were most of the people who fought that war? You know, to free slaves, yeah. white people. And today, when you t- when we talk about slavery still going on in the world, it's not the the Europeans and not the Western cultures that are dealing or trading in slavery. It's the Middle East. It's Africa. Some well, that, Asian. That was countries. amazing. It, and I I gave you that book. I don't know if you read it. The Thomas Jefferson, the Barbary Pirates. Um, Got it in my nightstand. Haven't yeah, read it yet. Just the whole thing about. I mean, this is the eighteen hundreds. Well, late seventeen hundreds, early eighteen hundreds. All along uh, African coast, those those Muslim, I'm probably going to get this title wrong, sultans or whatever they were, uh, um, they were, I mean, they're basically warlords. They were just taking American ships and European ships and just imprisoning people. And they'd say, well, what, you know, the envoys would go there and say, what are you doing? They said, well, we have every right to. The Quran says we can, you know. And I'm not big on, look, I don't think the Bible is how you live your life. Because there's enough stuff in there that's fucked up, and you need to you need to look at it with a grain of salt. But I don't I don't remember any part in there where it's talking about it's okay to enslave other people, right? You know, 
there are parts in there that I love that phrase when people go, there's no hate in the Bible. Actually, the hate's mentioned like 350 times. You know, there's a lot of hate in the Bible. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I just, this whole idea of people have to understand if, if you travel outside the United States, and I'm not talking about just to European countries, but even some of those, look, a third of the world, 30% of the world still shits outside. The world is not a fairly advanced place in most places. And even where it is, I mean, Russia is basically a second world country. I mean, it's not, it, it's got a lot of technology and everything, but it, people don't live like they do in Western Europe and here. And some of these social justice warriors, these keyboard crusaders think that it's such a terrible place here. I'm like, go somewhere else. Check it out. Because... Yeah. You don't have the freedoms that you have here. And they're arguing for this, you know, Orwellian 1984 society that, I mean, it, that... But they're going to tweak it just enough to make it oh, yeah, utopia. They're going to make it fair for everybody. Right. I mean, they'll use every method in that book or every method that, that would lead to a, 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 you know, hell on earth. But they'll just tweak it. So that'll become utopia. Yeah, they, they, they the, know it can be done. They got the secret sauce. Right, that. exactly. But that's another problem with I have with the cultural Marxism is that it it's kind of it leads into a moral relativism where anything goes. Um, reality is what we make of it, right? And that that's super dangerous. I think it, it, to have that kind of uh, that kind of indoctrination going on in our in our schools. It's 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 happening in um, grade schools on up at this point in America where where this kind of moral relativism where you can't say one culture has is better than another or that one culture has aspects that are worse than other cultures you can't say that because oh my goodness that's I guess racist I don't know but you it's 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 something is well any kind of morality any kind there's no standard so you can't base your morality on on Christianity which is what you know Western um, democracies are kind of founded on. Um, you know, not, not literally, but, uh, you know, it, it is. And, but you can't, you can't say that any of that, uh, you can't base your morality on any of that anymore because, well, you know, you, know, you, you're, you're hateful, you know? Well, you know, it's like people say, uh, well, Christianity is no better because look at the Crusades. Okay. Uh, let's look at the Crusades. I'll grant you, be, before you even get into the history, if you say that is the same as what's going on now, you're, you're ignorant to the history. Just take your own time and read it. I'm not going to explain it to you. But if you say we're no better because Christians are no better because of the because of the Crusades, I'll grant you that. But that was yeah. Well, I won't grant you that. Hundred years ago, because the Crusades were saying, not. I'm a just bad saying thing. for the sake of argument. Okay, for the sake of argument. Okay, but the Crusades were not bad. Well, you can make all sorts of arguments either way. But let's just say. That the Crusades, for the sake of argument, are just as bad as what's going on now. It's just the roles are reversed. All right, fine. But that was 800 years ago. So by extension of that argument, you're saying the whole idea of that culture is it's 800 years behind where we are now. Yeah. That's a long damn time. Yeah. You well, know, look, if, if you want to look into the Crusades, they really were a response to Muslim expansion. Islamic Islamic expansion. Yeah, there was some of that. There was also the Pope sending some basically, you know, uh, psychopathic landholders there too, in hopes that they die and he he could keep their money. Yeah. There's some of that. Overall, I think it was yeah. just a response to invaders, basically. Yeah, I mean, 
which is what, you know, nothing evil about that. Look, moral of the story, read up on the Crusades yeah. before you start talking about it. It's like everybody who quotes Adam Smith but hasn't read the damn book, you know. It, everything's quoted out of context when they talk about it. To go back, what's, what's happening in in, uh, in Europe, though, with, with um, in Sweden, there was, was it last year or the year before, like in, I think it was a New Year's celebration where like hundreds upon hundreds of, of women were assaulted in the streets. You hear about that? I thought that was Germany. Uh, was that was Sweden? I don't know. It was one of yeah. the two. That was Sweden. Um, and you know what? Now you got me questioning myself. <laughs> I'm, well, pretty, I'm pretty sure that was Germany, uh, but it was it was not reported in the news over there. Yeah. And they had a lot of women coming forward saying they were attacked by gangs of men. Yeah, and they were Asian. Well, yeah, Asian men. <laughs> but uh, and now that's it's it's so hushed up and so quiet and nobody's talking about it because of this kind of cultural Marxism that's um, has ultra PC and and it's basically a way to shut down shut down um, the voices of people that that don't agree with it. Well, I mean, so many people have lost their ability to, you know, to critically think or even try and understand the other side of an argument. It's just ridiculous. And so the problem is you put you put someone out there like uh, George Bush, who was president, you know, elected twice. You can say what you want, but he was elected twice. And people go, oh, he's a moron, an idiot, and all this stuff. He's, you know, he's a bad person, blah, blah, blah. So you get Barack Obama. So the Republicans put someone out there. Forget John McCain because I was stupid. They run Mitt Romney. Whether or not you agreed with Mitt Romney, he was a reasonable person who made reasonable arguments. You know, you may disagree with him, but he wasn't some sort of monster. And he gets called, you know, a white supremacist. He gets uh, made fun of for, um, what is it, uh, the Mormon undergarments. They called it his special ethereal underwear or whatever it was. And then... Uh, uh, Obama has a debate with him where he's saying, hey, Russia's going to be a problem. we got to watch this. And Obama goes, yeah, the 1990s called. They want their um, they want their foreign policy back. And now everybody's talking about how Trump's ignoring the Russians. And if you fight that hard because of your ideology against people who are reasonable, and I think Mitt Romney was a reasonable candidate, you know, um, he's certainly better than Donald Trump as far as a candidate goes. If you fight that hard against that stuff, eventually you get people to go, fuck it, do that guy. And they throw someone like Trump out there. And the left sits there and goes, how did we get this, you know, arrogant fucking pig? And I don't, I don't disagree that he's an arrogant pig. But you got him because every reasonable person the right could come up with, the left had a name for. And so they just went, let's just burn it down. Let's bring in the, the, you know, the most blunt, you know, cheeseburger-eating, gun-firing son of a bitch we can get and see what happens. And a whole chunk of the country went, fuck yeah, because they were, they were tired of being told every time, you know, they said, I'm a little concerned about, you know, anything that sounded like uh, wrong think, that they were called racist and sexist and everything. Yeah, I'm probably not as uh, anti-Trump as you seem to be. <laughs> I'm not. You know, I'm not anti his ideology, but he, he he's a, he's a he's a guy who's yeah he's he's got his problems, 
and he wasn't my first choice, that's for sure. But uh, well, I let, don't. Let me say this: I don't think he's a, an, an arrogant pig. I think he's got a healthy ego, like well, above healthy ego. No. But anybody that wants to be president has got to have an ego. Oh, anybody I, that I gets to his that. stage in life monetarily has to has a huge ego. But he's, you know, he's obviously a guy that really needs people to love him. Oh yeah. And um, and when people don't, or when people in his mind portray him, he. He, you know, he lets loose and says some pretty bad, pretty bad things. But during the campaign, when they were making hints about, you know, his having a small penis or something, he had to go out there and be like, no, check out the size of my hands yeah. kind of thing. It's just like, come on, dude, just let it go. Just don't, don't even respond to that stuff. And every single slight somebody has that guy, he's got to respond. Yeah. And he's got to make a big deal. His, his ego is huge. But I've heard people say this before. Uh, so it's not my original idea, but they're saying his ego, if it's harnessed in the right way, is a great thing for America at this well, point. Because I agree. it's not just going to help him because he doesn't want to be known as a failure as a president. He wants America to succeed and go, look, look what I did for America. So, yeah, it's benefiting him, but he doesn't want he wants the best for America. So he can we can harness that ego um, and that kind of like um, desperate need to be liked. To, well, to be I mean, beneficial for America. I know what you're saying, and you and I have talked about this before. I, I was no Obama fan at all. Didn't vote for the guy. But I have no doubt that in his mind, he wanted what was great for America. I just think he was wrong. Well, his idea of what a great America was yeah, wasn't... Exactly. So, right. I mean, I'm saying people on the other side... A friend of mine who was a big Obama backer said, you know, I can't stand Trump. I hate him and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I don't think he's as bad as you say he is. But she then said, I guess I understand how the right has felt for the last eight years. I'm like, yeah, kind of. And you can say, you know, Obama was a more well-spoken, reasonable person. I, I think he might have been. He was more presidential. But there's something to Trump just saying, you know, it's the the Team team America movie. America, fuck yeah. You know? well, and also his tweets, his... I mean, half the time he tweets, you're kind of like cringing, going, oh, God, I hope he doesn't say something that's going to you know, burn it all down. But other half the time, he's saying stuff that you're feeling and that you're thinking. And this is the kind of stuff that the media wouldn't report on before or they wouldn't highlight before because they were kind of like the gatekeepers of information. Well, and that's his whole point about tweeting. Yeah. He's like, I, I can bypass the media. Because, you know, the story I want to get out. And they'll out. have to report on it. Yeah, they have to report on it. Yeah. So sometimes he'll he'll get you know hoodwinked by something on, online that he probably shouldn't have commented on, but it's stuff that we're we want to hear or that we're feeling and we're going okay at least he's kind of paying attention to what we're concerned about. Yeah, I just want to get past this ridiculous stuff about you know oh he watches Fox News all day long and eats too many cheeseburgers and uh, look. Well, you know they built a satellite um, in in the in the on the grounds of the White House just so they could create the Gorilla Channel for him. Yeah, thank, I mean, did you hear that whole story? Thank you, Michael. Wolf. And here's the thing about that: is is it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a um, satire or, or parody or a joke. There were people that believed that that he wanted the Gorilla Channel, and that the White House staff went out of their way to try to recreate their to create a fake channel with nothing but gorillas fighting or whatever. And and you think of it as a, as a as a joke that the Onion, a satire site, would put on. But there were people that actually believed that. Yeah, I know. It's just ridiculous. And I, I, for for whatever Obama, I dislike Obama immensely. Um, I think he was arrogant as as all get out. I think he had his his idea of of how the country should be and how foreign policy should be was completely wrong. And uh, yeah, I when people like uh, Rush said he wanted Obama to fail, 
and people are all worked up about that. It's not that, well, you want America to fail. No, because if he gets his agenda implemented, it's going to be bad for America. So him succeeding on the short term is going to be bad for America in the long term. So, yes, I want him to fail. I mean, but I wasn't rabidly like, God, I hate this guy. I wish somebody would take a, you know, sniper to him. You know, the stuff that's happening to Trump right now. Yeah. Um, there's no way I thought about that. And I, and, and I respect the presidency. So if I, uh, if I had to go to an event where, where he was and, um, I wouldn't be able to stand up and scream, ah, liar. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and. Like the one guy at his State of the Union speech. Yeah. And I, I think that, that guy, he apologized for it. And he was, he was his, every Republican is like, that was wrong. You shouldn't have done that. And yeah. Admitted it. Um, he, and that was, I think, a genuine kind of like emotional outburst. I think it was just like, you lie, is what he said. And I think he immediately regretted it. And he said he regretted he shouldn't have done that because it was. Because he shouldn't have. But it wasn't like, yeah, but it wasn't like this thing where he was like, oh, I can't wait to really stick it to Obama. I, he's going to give a speech and I'm going to disrupt. No, he, he probably just spur of the moment did that and regretted it. And, yeah. but, but on the other side, nowadays, it's like people are salivating to disrupt and get there and, and and show you know to virtue signal you know how much they hate this man and and any of his followers. Hillary just came out with another speech. She overseas she made another speech. Where, God, she just will not go. You away. know the the one speech where she called basket of deplorables, and now she basically did the same thing. Um, said the flyover flyover states. You know that went into this whole thing of why she why she didn't win because of uh, you know white racists and women that were. Uh, brainwashed by their husbands and all that kind of stuff. That that was her message. Which I just think is a terrible thing to say to women. Like, you're not strong enough to escape sort of the intellectual gravitational pull of your husband. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's... Well, it's a a statistic fact that when married women tend to vote more along the lines of what their husband's politics are, but so that's, it's a tend or a trend. It's something that they, they don't, they, they don't, they don't have to. And maybe the reason they're with their husbands because they, they think that way anyway, politically. Yeah. But I mean, how do we know that's even true? Yeah, that's true. Because you can ask a woman, how did you vote? And she'll just say, ah, she can go in there and pull whatever lever she wants. No one's going to know. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's stupid. But you know what? what's funny, though, is what's lost in all this Trump stuff about, you talk about the women's issue. Well, women's issues. Uh, the, um, you know, he, he kicked out Rex Tillerson, which scares me because I think Rex Tillerson was a smart guy. But they didn't see eye to eye, whatever. Um so Pompeo is moving from the CIA to uh, to Secretary of State, but they're going to put a woman in in charge of the CIA. Yeah, but you hear for what the saying, first time ever. Hear what they're saying about her? What she was in charge of uh, uh, torture rooms, um, and she's an evil, horrible person. Is what what the progressives and the left and the media are saying now? They, they can't at all step back and go, "Wow, this is kind of important." You know, glass yeah, ceiling broken, blah blah blah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's immediately. What can we find? What? Oh, she was in charge of torture. That's what I'm hearing today. I mean, I don't know the specifics of it, but I heard that from three different places today. But I mean, like, look at I. I mean, I wish Carly Fiorina had won the. Oh yeah, I, I liked her. I thought she was great. I, I mean. Yeah. God, if Nikki Haley ran for president, mm-hmm. I would vote for her in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I'm not. At all anti-woman. And Nikki Haley is no shrinking violet. No. I mean, man, she... No, I like her. I like her a lot. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Trump was not even my third, fourth pick for for um, presidential candidate. And Carly Fiorina was, I think she, towards the end there, she was my first pick. I wanted her. I thought she would have been a fantastic president. I would have taken her. I would have taken Kasich. I would have Bobby Jindal, you know. But, yeah. I don't know. So, I, I thought Rubio for a while, but I don't know. Uh, 
post uh, post election. I'm not a Rubio went back to being he's like John McCain Jr. Well, I, I at first was a Cruz guy too, but then I realized. There's a lot of issues, problems with the cruise too. Cruz is a cruise. sneaky son of a bitch. Yeah, he seems I mean, like some it. of that stuff he and and some of the stuff when you see his his like he did a couple of commercials that were real cringy, you know, like he's trying to come off as an everyman. He just he doesn't he doesn't pull it off. I, I mean, I've seen some of his. Uh, um, he's smart as shit, though. I mean, yeah, I mean the guy can build an argument. Yeah. That's for damn yeah. sure. But and policy, I mean, I would support him 100 percent if he would have ran for president. I, I wouldn't, I, you know, I wouldn't have. Hemmed and hawed, I'd been like, all right, I'm voting for this guy. But, yeah, he wasn't my first choice. Yeah, but he, like pretty much all politicians, I think, is a shady son of a bitch. I like Paul Ryan. I wish Paul yeah. Ryan had run, but I think yeah. I think Paul Ryan's smart enough to not run. I, I'd love to have Trey Gowdy in there. Yeah. But, you know, there was a thing I saw. Someone was talking about George Washington, and I wish we had more of this. They said, you know, they wanted to make Washington king after, after we won the war. And uh, was it George the first? Was it? I can't remember that. It was King George. I just can't remember. It was the first or second? But he had heard that Washington said, "No, I'm going to serve my term as presidency. I didn't fight a king to become a king. Yeah, I'm going to serve my term, and I'm done." And George, George the first heard that, or King George heard that, and he said, "If that's true, if he really said that, he's like the most virtuous man in the world." I'm paraphrasing <laughs> because nobody lays power down like that. And that's the problem we have is nobody wants to like all of it. I mean, that's all the reason they're in there. So, yeah. well, hey, we need to wrap this up soon. But uh, um, how far are we in here? I think we're uh, we're hitting a stopping point. So, all right. Well, uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, I was going to go into a little lighter subject, but uh, everything that was pretty heavy. We'll save it for the next one. All right. All right. Uh, if you want to contact us, you can email rooster at. Uh, www. Don't say www. Nobody says that anymore. <laughs> right. You're like a hundred if you say that. Rooster at bread and circuses podcast.com um, or me, Crow at uh, Crow at bread and circuses podcast.com. And remember, Crow's the racist. Rooster's the good guy. Uh, disavow. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. See you. Bye.